This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening, welcome to the Monday Night Fan Zone. My name's Phil, this is Leicester Fan TV. We want to get your views in, your comments, as ever, we can get them on screen. I am joined tonight by our very own Jamie, live from the Fox's Arms, well, a lockdown Fox's Arms in Alcudia, and also Julian Watts, who many of you may remember playing for Leicester City, albeit for not a fairly short time, but a fairly exciting time, which culminated in the 1996 playoff final, which I'm sure many of you will want to talk about. But get your views and get your comments in and welcome to tonight's Fan Zone show. Yes, indeed. Like I say, tonight we are joined by Jamie from the Fox's Arms. She'll be logging in very shortly. But we're also joined by Julian Watts, who did play for Leicester City, a centre-back, back in the mid-90s and played in that 1996 playoff final, which many of you will remember as being one of the finest. It's probably in most people's top 10 ever Leicester games. It could be even some people's number one ever game. It was the game that Spider Callick came on and famously Stevie Claridge shinned in so we can ask Julian about that match and of course anything to do with that sister season and his time at Leicester City so as ever if you want to get your comments in I can put them on screen good evening to Matty Bond Mick Paget. good evening to you what would you guys like to ask Julian Watts get your comments coming in here uh well done somebody on our Facebook group is saying up oh, the NHS say Stay safe, people up the foxes. Absolutely. Alex Green, how are you, Alex? Good to be seeing you tonight on this. And Maz, good evening. And Mick Paget says, good evening, Jamie. Preston, well, let's bring Jamie in. Here he is. Jamie, how are you? Stardom at last. I'm yeah. well known by everyone now. I know. Here is a, a foxes legend in a very different way, all the way from the foxes <laughs> arms in Alcudia. How I is it? Am. How is it? Well... It's good, it's quiet, it's boring, watching too much TV, eating too much food. It, we're getting there, though, slowly. The yeah. thing is, though, like I say, like everyone's been saying, everyone's doing it over here. Stay safe, stay indoors. That's Just, it. It's the way to do it, the way if forward. We, if we all do it together, we'll get through it a lot quicker. Good evening, <clears throat> Sean. Sean Sarson says good evening, so good evening to you. And so does Pat York, Chris Ward. Everybody saying hello, Jamie. That's what I like to hear. Simon May saying, hope all is well. Now, listen, Jamie, just we're going to bring Julian in in a second. Um, you've organised this, so tell us a little bit more. Your, your memories briefly before we bring Julian in of, of, of Julian as a player and that uh, we are going to talk about the 96 playoff final. Well, he, he, he came, he, we signed him from Chef Wednesday and uh, he came in, centre-half, 
uh, to play with uh, Stevie Walsh because I think Walsh he was getting a little bit. He was not old, but he was getting a bit. And we needed some cover for him, and he came and he played quite well. Towards the middle of his time there, I think he got a bit. He was a bit injury, not injury prone. He got an injury and he couldn't quite get back in the side. I think we, we never saw the best of him, unfortunately. But I think we'll find out some decent stories from him tonight about the playoffs and his time at Leicester, to be honest. I think it'll be nice listening to him. Brilliant. Uh, so we want people to get their questions in to uh, Julian as he comes in very, very shortly. Martin saying good evening from Staffordshire. Hope you're well. Uh, Chris Ward is saying good evening. Um, and G- Jordan, good evening to you as well. Jordan is saying get the news in. Oh. LCFC Holland is watching on Periscope. We are streaming as ever on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, Dutch Fox. and Twitter. Hello, Dutch Fox. He is. He's there now. Let, let's less talking. I don't. I don't know what you're on about, Jordan. There. Um, let's bring in Julian. How are you, Julian? Yeah, good. Thanks. Very good. Thank oh, you. First of all. Thanks so much for coming on tonight's show with us and giving us hopefully a bit of insight as to being an ex-professional footballer and what it was like at Leicester City. Yeah, no worries. Just like Jamie said, it's quite boring at the minute, so I'm happy to be on anything. <laughs> well, I'm, that sounds good, yeah. That's um, that's good. I can't to <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's straight in there with a, well, I'm pretty <laughs> des- so bored, I'd even come on Leicester Fan TV with you guys. <laughs> no, brilliant. Listen... Um, I am going to try, before we get chatting, I'm going to try and briefly put on screen some... I, I know I keep talking about the 96 playoff final. I'm just going to... Not everybody who watches this, Julian, can remember it. So I'm just going to briefly put it on screen for people to watch just two minutes of it. Is that okay? Sound, yeah. So here we go. Let's see if we can get this in. God knows if Facebook will shut us down for this. <laughs> Spider, the man. So, 
Julian, you were you were on the pitch during all that. Some of us were stood <laughs> in Wembley. Tell us. Let's start with that. I, I'm going to get you. Uh, going to get. Um, what was it like to be on the pitch during that, Julian? Uh, unbelievable for myself. I'd sort of um, had a background at Rotherham United and Sheffield Wednesday, not really uh, forged a proper first-team place with, with, with either, to be honest. Uh, so Leicester was a great opportunity for me, and we obviously we got to the final that day. And I, I just remember being so, so nervous. It was um, driving up Wembley Way, and I think Steve Walsh, as always, was... Um, he was cracking jokes about being tense, and I'm thinking, I, I really am. And it, it was so nerve-wracking on the... Uh, on the bus driving through the doors at Wembley. Uh, but then I think as most players that are nervous before games, once you get out onto the pitch, that just kicks in as adrenaline that carries you through the game. And it, it certainly needed to because it was, um, you know, we're playing the extra time and the pitch was quite sapping, you know, towards the, the end. We, I think both teams were really out on the feet. So uh, to get it over the line that late on was great for us. Uh, what did you think when he brought Spider Kalak on? What's going through your players' minds? Because as fans, from a fan's point of view, Jamie, you you were at Wembley that day or not? I was level with the penalty box when he yeah. when he, uh, when Claridge scored. I I, I not believe from it. From a fan's point of view, we're stood in the sat in the stands, going, "What on earth are we doing?" But on the pitch, I, I think at the time I remember feeling a bit sorry for for Kev Paul because he was a great lad and a fantastic keeper, and in particular in that game, he, he had a. He had a great game and he pulled one out of the top corner yeah, from Undara in the second half, which, uh, you know, kept us in the game. It was a crucial point. Uh, but in, in uh, training, Spider was fantastic at saving penalties just because of his frame. He had that confidence. He was a larger-than-life character. Forgive the punks, he was six foot seven, but <laughs> he really he really was good when we did the, you know, the old penalties in training. So you could see why he'd done it, but it just felt really harsh. Uh, the game, you know, for us, that was it. The game was actually going to be over in a, in a, in a few minutes. And, you know, you're just th- thinking about the penalties. And <clears throat> I, think, I think in my head, I was probably thinking, hopefully I wasn't going to take one. <laughs> Would you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Did you <laughs> You'd have been number take... 11. Uh, if I'd have been asked, I would have said yes. But I would have probably hoped not to be asked. I would hope there'd be uh, five more before <laughs> me and a lot better than me. But uh, uh, no, like I say, fortunately, it didn't get to that. And and I think you can see from the goal that the, the Palace players don't seem to be set up properly. And I think they're looking and wondering what's going off. And there's no one actually close to Claridge. <clears throat> Claridge probably isn't really in the right position. He sort of moves onto the ball. Everyone just seemed a little bit all over the place. And it did seem to disturb him as uh, Martin alluded to in his interview. So, uh, and, and, and glad that it is because, you know, for me, that's the best moment in my career when, when that ball goes in the back of the net. Again, many, many fans watching this will remember, and it, whether it's an, a myth, but I seem to remember it, is that when, when Claridge hit that ball and it hit the net, n- nobody celebrated what felt like a second or so. There was a real gap. And I think when he hit it, and, and, I, and I will say now, he's, he's been gutted to this day that he said he shinned it, because he's, he's adamant now. <laughs> it's a he great goal. It, but, but he said it at the time, and it's stuck, and everyone will forever remember it uh, for that. But the way he hits it, he didn't he, he didn't really hit it sort of clean or strike it well, and, and it seemed to go through the air really slowly. Totally wrong foot of the keeper. Uh, and for that reason, it, it just it looked like a super slow-mo of something, you know, and it, it's quite ridiculous looking back, but um, Nigel Martin, completely wrong-footed, rooted to the spot, and we all just slowly watched it, and it, I think it was just that time-lapse that made it seem like we weren't reacting, but, you know, it was like a bit of disbelief, and it's gone in, and then then we all went absolutely crackers, obviously. 
David Hart has put a comment here. He says he was heading out of the stadium when Spider came on. <laughs> what, what were you doing leaving the stadium at that point, David? Come on. He forgot there was penalties. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chappers says old school footy here. Love it. Um, what does he know about old school Chappers? He's not yeah, old he enough. <laughs> Stuart <laughs> says... Us, us three are, but he ain't. Stuart Widow says the goal went in in slow motion, which is sort of how it felt, isn't it, guys? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I remember, I remember being there, like Sam. You had to, you just stopped, and literally the whole world seemed to stop, and nothing else happened. And then all, even when it hit the net, I still didn't believe it had gone in to start off with. It was so slow. I mean, it was probably the best worst strike he's ever done, old Stevie Claridge. I don't remember, Julian. I don't remember too much else about the game. Obviously, I was there. Um, I remember it being quite a good game, but a very tense game. And I do remember Kevin Poole, like you say, making a few very important saves. He did. I think I think we we came out of the blocks quite quickly, but they seemed to get a grip on the game from about a 10th minute onwards. And they had quite a good spell in, in which they scored. Uh, and it was unbelievable. I mean, the strike, I think, went through my legs. I was stretching to block it. And unbelievably, which I'll probably never see again, there was like a bobble and it bobbled over Poole's hand on the Wembley turf. So... Uh, you know, it, it, and it, it was tough for us to take and in a game like that. And you know how tight the margins are. We, we you know, we beat them away 1-0. Uh, I think it was my third game um, just after I joined. And it was, that was a really, really tight game. They were the favourites uh, to win the playoffs right from the very beginning. They were probably deemed the strongest team in there. And we, we really came in late. And, um, you know, it, it was always going to be tight. So going to goal down was really disappointing. But I think... The way we managed the game after that, particularly I'll say there are moments and, and Pooley has starred in a couple of those moments. But I think what you saw in the rest of that game and what you saw when we got promoted to the Premier League was the fight that the uh, the team had and the togetherness that the team had, which was, um, you know, you, you couldn't, you might have seen it from the stands, but when you're in amongst it, I've never really felt a team work so hard for each other and uh, be so together and st stupidly enough or funnily enough that goes back to socializing a lot together which you probably couldn't get away with now but you know we were a tight-knit group that went out and um, had probably a few too many in the middle of the week or after games but it, it sort of pulled us together uh, as on a the team on the Wednesday club was that yeah that was in Brannigan's <laughs> on the Wednesday club yeah driving coming back from the midweek games leading up to the playoffs we all been to Brannigan's in town because we, we knew the two lads who, who owned it and uh, we, we'd stay in there you know for quite some time but it was a funny thing it was one of the things that the gaffer believed in as well so I know when we got promoted um, and we'd, we'd get a couple of good results in the Premier League it would often give us quite a few days off in you know in succession and we would literally just be out for two or three days but Again, maybe fitness-wise, whether you could do that now, I don't know. But as a as a team bonding, uh, it was an unbelievable exercise, and it, it it certainly worked for that team that got promoted and then continued uh, to do well the next year. Go on, uh, Julian. I've, go on, Jamie. No, you you jump in. I was just going to say when we got that penalty through when Muddy got tripped over and you got Gary Parker coming up to take the penalty, I bet you thought, well, this is one all straight away because he must have been the most reliable man from the spot I have ever seen. Yeah, he was. I mean, he's super cool. He'd been there and done it before he came to Leicester. Fantastic footballer. I mean, just before I arrived, I think, was the moments he'd, he'd had a, a few uh, ups and downs with the gaffer. I think there was rumours of a teacup being thrown or a teapot, whichever it was. So <laughs> that, that was a bit all up in the air when I arrived. But he, he came back into the team and he was... Um, I mean, we really liked to play football as well, which you know wasn't so popular uh, then as it is now and even on the difficult pitch that we had. 
Uh, and he was the kingpin of all that, to be honest. And, and absolutely, Jamie, as you said, when he stepped up, I mean, the keeper sort of nearly got to it, but uh, cracking penalty and, you know, the best man on, on the pitch for us to go and do that. And also, talking of your arrival, I'm not sure whether you know this stat, <laughs> Julian. You know, today is exactly 24 years ago you made your debut for Leicester. Uh, funnily enough, I saw that on, it was on, someone had posted it on Instagram today and unfortunately it was oh. a real, it was a, you know, it was a, it yeah, was we a know what the game was. I know, I mean, like, you know, I'd come from Chef Wednesday, it was against Chef United, I got slaughtered by the uh, United fans, I didn't play very well, I've got to be honest, and I got slaughtered by a few of the Leicester fans as well, so, and then and it, was the that, O'Neill, <laughs> yeah, it was the it day was, March yeah, O'Neill, it was the day March O'Neill will never forget. Yeah, yeah, and, and that was, but that was sort of typical character of the gaffer, he, he went out into the car park, fronted them up and said, you know, bring two or three of you in to represent the, the voice of, of the rest of you. Uh, and we'll sit down and talk it out. And they had they, they put what, the fans, three, they yeah, they put some three oh, people together. They came in, the gaffer took them in his office, sat them down, asked them what he thought, uh, you know, how things were going, what the gripes were, what the positives were. They had a conversation. I believe they all left reasonably happy. But the, the gaffer was a really clever guy and a good speaker. Uh, and uh, and that was that. And then, fortunately, on the back of that came. Apart from the uh, blip with West Brom, which was unusual because I think we were the better team, to be fair. But we went away, beat Charlton 1-0. We went away, beat Palace 1-0. We were both playoff rivals. And it started a, a fantastic run. And the team really started to come together then. Because I know uh, Muzzy only came on as sub against United, but he started the game against Charlton. And what a difference he was. And none of us at the time, you know, I certainly didn't know uh, what kind of a player he was. I just know that he signed on the, the same day as me. I didn't see him at the ground. Um, but I mean, what a cracking player, you know, what a Leicester legend he, he turned out to be. The game well, you're when he signed, it was Muzzy Who, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Muzzy Who, yeah. no one had yeah, ever heard of him. Absolutely, it was. I'd never heard of him, and you know, but I mean, one thing I will say about Martin and John, John Robertson, they, they brought in players who fitted with the ethos of the team and the squad and, and how they wanted to play. And if you look through all the players they signed, I know in my time when I particularly looked. I don't remember there being many who weren't successful and became integral parts of the team. There's a couple, you know, you can look back at one or two and not being, you know, discourteous to people, but Graham Fenton never really settled down like you would have thought because I, I thought he was a cracking player and he was a lovely kid, uh, but he didn't really settle down and, and make his mark on the team. But you look at your Ian Marshalls and players like that. Muzzy is it, come from nowhere. For me, what one of the things they did well was the, was the scouting of players. The game, just to elude, again, some fans are too young to remember, Julian, but the game you're referring to there, Jamie, is the Sheffield United. It's quite a notorious, famous sit-in after the game where mm. Leicester fans, I mean, many fans won't think, what? We did that with Martin O'Neill. But if they weren't there at the time, they wouldn't remember or, or wouldn't have known that we hit a low under Martin O'Neill and fans, I remember them sitting in in the cop, uh, well, standing I there. Think, yeah. Go on, Jamie. I think we went about eight games without a win or we had a couple of draws or something. I can't remember the exact one, but we went from his first game after, I think we beat, no, we drew with Grimsby on his first game and I think then we didn't win again until uh, it was either Charlton or Palace. I can't remember which way it was, but we won two one nils away like Julian just said. Yeah, it was, it was uh, Charlton, the, Charlton was the Sheffield United game, I think it was a Saturday. Charlton away, I think yeah. Charlton away was Tuesday and then it was Palace away Saturday and to come back on those two results... It just lifted everyone, lifted us, must have lifted the club. I mean, obviously, it would have lifted the supporters as well. I mean, we had, you always know that, with, in all fairness, I always think away supporters are the real, 
you know, diehards yeah. who just get behind you, come what may, even if you're having a bad day, they get behind you. And for us to go away and get those two results, I think was fantastic. And that it carried us on. Like I say, there was the hiccup against West Brom, but the run we went on was uh, phenomenal after that. Julian, I've got a question here from Kenny Giddings, who's watching. He says, how good was O'Neill as a manager? Uh, I knew someone had asked me this. Uh, yeah. funny, one, funny one for myself, because uh, he's a very good manager, very clever guy. And like I say, the the uh, recruitment, Kenny, that he, he did was was fantastic. And he brought players in that fitted in well. And I think some managers might go out with a bit of money to spend and they can bring in a big name. Does he fit in? You know, you see players you know, going to other teams and it doesn't work out for them because they don't fit in. They brought players that really came into the squad, had the right personalities. He did his homework on that respect. You know, they worked hard, which is what you had to do when we were at Leicester City in those days. And, uh, you know, that that was their strong point. For me personally, wasn't my favourite manager. Um, he was... Um, he was um, he was very in and at your face, and I, I suffered a lot with that in my in the in the run up to the playoffs. I mean, the in joke with the lads was for me to go in for five minutes, get my rollicking, and then they'd come in and we'd do the rest of the team <laughs> talk. And, and it's true, it's true. He, he never really, so, uh, you know, and daft enough off the pitch, I got on really really well with him. Football aside, but you know, I, I always got the the feeling didn't really rate me and never really backed me and you know and it, I had some bad times with it to be honest with you so but you look at people like and if you had Robbie Savage on tonight if you had Ian Marshall on tonight they absolutely loved his style of management he wrung the best out of them week in week out and that fear factor I think I needed a bit more of a cuddle because I'm a bit more of a sensitive guy <laughs> oh. well that's, that's fair enough I've got got another question for you um and this doesn't have to be a Leicester player necessarily um, Jack says, Julian, who was the best player you ever played with? Uh, it's a difficult one because you, 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 you play with different players at different times. So obviously I played with Emil who went on to play for England and, you know, while he was never, you know, a big goal scorer, he had that classic period at Liverpool where he scored. And I do know with Emil that everyone that you ask who their favourite striker to play was, play with was if anyone had played with Emil they would say Emil because he was the battering ram that created so much for them so I know you're Michael Owens you're Robbie Fowles they all used to love playing with him but I was also lucky enough to play at Chef Wednesday when we had several England players we had John Sheridan you know Republic of Ireland Roland Nielsen played for Sweden Chris Waddle David Erste for me was the best striker in England yeah uh, yeah, but take the injury away and what an unbelievable, you know, player. And, you know, he, he was coming into his four just at the right time and the injury really took a lot away from him. So, I mean, if you're looking at players with names who I played with, you know, for me, I'd probably say Chris Waddle. He really had a purple patch at Sheffield Wednesday to to watch him on that right wing, take the absolute mickey out of some of the best fullbacks in, in the Premier League. I mean, we just used to sit there chuckling or, you know, what it was. He just... He, 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 you know, obviously had the left foot of it. People had sort of show him on, on his right and he'd just go down on his right and, and put an equally as good baller in that. He was just a great player and a really good lad. So I guess this is the reverse of that question. Mick Padgett says, Julian, who was the toughest opponent you played against? Uh, anyone who was small and quick, I think. I mean, uh, <laughs> again, again, I, I was lucky to play in an era where it was the influx of the foreign players. Uh, and I would think uh, as a pairing, I, I've always said, like, if people ask me this, it was Ian Wright because he, he was a real lively 
uh, non-stop 90 minutes all over the place. He was chirping in your ear. But we had an afternoon before the League Cup final and uh, the gaff arrested a few players and it was quite warm as well. And we were playing against Dennis Bergkamp in Iran right, and it's probably one of the most torrid afternoons uh, <laughs> of my life. So, uh, but again, you know, I've played against Cantona, luckily enough, Bialy, um, you know, your um, uh, Gianfranco Zola, your good Jonsson. So luckily to be in an era where there were all those players as it was the Premier League was sort of really just starting to take off and boom. Uh, but I would say that that afternoon with Bergkamp, who, by the way, was a lot quicker than anyone gave him credit for because he had the ability and the strength he didn't realise he had quite a turn of pace over 10, 20 yards, which was a bit embarrassing at times. But yeah, they, they were the, that was the worst afternoon, I think, in football I've had against, uh, you know, against some good opponents. Just looking at the team, I'm looking at the 96 playoff team, Julian, which you obviously mm. were part of. Mm. You were number number four shirt in that. Kevin, yeah. I'm just going to read them out because this for Leicester fans... There's some, I mean, almost every name in there is a, a name that most fans of a certain age will recognise with Kevin Poole, Simon Grayson, who's gone on to do a lot in the game, mm. uh, yourself, then Walshy, Mike Whitlow, uh, Gary Parker, again, like you're saying, Muzzy is it, Neil Lennon, Scott Taylor. Scott Taylor was had had a great touch about him as well, but I mm. think he had a nasty injury, didn't he, Scott? Yeah, two, injuries yeah. did him, didn't he? Yeah. 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 yeah, definitely. definitely. And I think he could have gone a lot. And then up front, yeah, like you say, Emil Heskey and Steve Claridge. Yeah. What a yeah. team. I mean, it was a good team. And I remember when I, when I came to the team, obviously I didn't really know anyone there. I think the only player I'd ever sort of come across in, in my career was Colin Hill and he wasn't figuring in the team at the time and probably partly down to do himself. Um, but we we really, as a back four, me and myself and Steve Walsh, we, we forged a really, really good partnership where I'm not saying either was, was fantastic, but as a two, we were very difficult to beat. We, we bounced off each other really well. We read the game really well. And then either side of us, Simon and, and Mickey Witts. Uh, and, and again, we, as a back four, I just thought we we really developed a good spine for the, or a backbone for the team. And then we had Pooley behind us and anything that ever got through, um, he was incredible. We used to call him the cat. He was absolutely incredible. His, his reflexes were, um, were were second to none. And it's just a shame of his, you know, his height was one of the reasons that it you was. know we brought Casey in, and uh, and that was a another tough day for for Pulis, to be honest away at Sunderland. He made yeah. considering his size, Kevin Paul. He made some outstanding saves. You would have never thought mm. he'd have made a keeper. It was just so. Mm. So agile for his size, it was untrue. He did save us a lot of times. And unlucky that he had other keepers. I mean, Gavin Ward had him out for a time. I think Carl Muggleton had him out. No, Carl Muggleton was before. But he, he couldn't get that consistent run of games, could he? Because then they kept bringing another keeper in because I think because of his size. But whenever he came in, he was brilliant. It was, I, yeah, yeah, he was. Super. Couldn't blame him at all for anything. No, one of the best I've played with, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Joanna says, how tough was it playing against Di Canio when we played West Ham? Always remember him completely overtaking the game. He was class, even as a City fan. I've, I've played against West Ham for Leicester a couple of times. I don't remember if he if he played because um, I'm trying to think who they would have had up front at the time. It's something I'd have to check the team, but it's such a long time ago. I remember going down there and we lost 1-0 and he possibly did play, but... It was a funny one. So as a centre-half, you, you didn't come across him that much because he was always dropping in deep. It was before we had what we'd call a classic number 10 now. Uh, but he was obviously from his background. Um, and that's where, you know, you'd find him. So it was more a problem for the midfield than ourselves. But, you know, you talk about for us, 
like I mentioned before, your bird camps, your Cantonizer will come play up against you, your Mark News, they were the sort of uh, more difficult ones. Um, I don't know if Stuart's uh, winding us up or if it's a true story, but he says, was it right that Kevin Poole dropped Player of the Year trophy once? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, he may have done, but... Uh, I, I doubt it very much. He, he didn't drop anything. Absolutely. He was just, <laughs> he, he was just absolutely frightening. He was, uh, you know, like I say, through that run that we had, through that period, um, he was fantastic. And, and then in the final, he, he just topped it off with another, you know, match-winning performance uh, for us on another day. Could have gone another way and it, we might not have had the great day that we uh, that we had. Yeah, Julian, you you played for a number of teams, didn't you? Obviously, you know, <laughs> you. people are, some would say journeyman, but uh, you did play for a few. Yeah, I did. I did. Had boots will travel was my motto when uh, during my heyday. <laughs> there, was, there was one. There was one that was quite interesting. I thought. Lester, I think it was about a year later. Leicester sent you out on loan to Crew. Mm. Was it Crew? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then all of a sudden, we were playing in the. Uh, Cup Winners' Cup, and you got called back the day before, and you got through into the starting lineup yeah. for the Atletico Madrid game at home, didn't you? I did. Uh, it, was, it was a funny one that, and it wasn't. I didn't get called back. You were in a in a loan oh. at the time. I don't know if it's tr- if it stands now. The first month you have to go, and they can't call you back. But I just happened to finish my month. The lads had gone away and done ever so well. Um, and um, the fact that Steve uh, Ian Marshall had caused such a problem for them in the away leg was part of the gaffer's reasoning. And I know I was in the squad, didn't really expect to be involved, you know, maybe not even on the bench. But then uh, I remember Steve Walford speaking to um, Kit, man, I've forgotten his name now, and he's still there. I spoke to him the other Paul, week. Paul, yeah, Mike, yeah, uh, Paul, Paul. yeah. Uh, and he was asking if he'd got my shirt, and he hadn't. He'd left it at the training ground because he wasn't expecting <laughs> me to play either. Uh, and he had to get, he had to do a, dad, a mad dash through the traffic and uh, go go out of the training ground and get my uh, shirt. So didn't really have time to think about it. Didn't really have time to get nervous and um, just got thrown in. And, and, and a night that I think, you know, we all know the uh, moment that as probably decided. I thought we were on top at the time and I thought we'd go on and win the game, if I'm honest. Again, as Martin another... O'Neill says, the French referees was fudged. Absolutely fudged. <laughs> yeah. Four penalties we should have had that night. Four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Again, that's another very, very famous game in Leicester City's history, um, Julian. That lots of again, I remember I was, I believe it was still standing in the cot behind the goal. There, there was so much. I think foggy smoke that night from the flares. It was a trip, and the balloons. There was balloons galore. It was back in the day when pre-match there was balloons everywhere and ticker tape. It was a fantastic, a fantastic atmosphere down at Filbert Street. Uh, what were what were some of your brief memories of Filbert Street then? Uh, for, in particular, in that match, it was quite weird. I think the, the, the lad who, who played up front, he didn't call for the ball. He whistled. And I was sort of looking at him quite bemused, thinking this is not normal in uh, in England, but, uh, but feel <laughs> yeah. free. So he's like, had a really sharp whistle. Uh, for me, I thought, you know, it was a massive game. And I never liked to think that I ever got overawed by opponents. But I remember being quite wary that night. Obviously, what I'd seen they are now were then. Uh, but again, like I felt with everything, I think I played myself into the game that we did as a team uh, and like I say I, I felt we were stronger uh, and when the ref sends Gary Parker off for taking a, a free kick too quickly I mean you just can't write it can you it's just such a a, a bitter way to to lose a game uh, it was such a big fudged. game as well yeah 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 so I've got a, a, diff- a completely different question here but it's a bit time appropriate um, Chris Hand says if you had to isolate <laughs> with one player you played with 
who would it be? I quite like that one. And again, it doesn't have to be a Leicester player. It could be anybody. But is this, was there somebody you particularly got on well within the game? Um, yeah. Um, I mean, or somebody who would somebody got... keep you amused. Uh, well, I'd say this is this is someone that players won't remember or fans won't remember. I was at uh, I was a young lad at Rotherham, my first club, uh, and there was a fullback, a Scottish fullback called Billy Russell, and I was a bit new to staying, you know, this staying away in a hotel with play, you know, with players and all that. And he, he was a he was a really good bloke, and he just started reeling off story after story after story that was so hilarious that you can imagine. So this would have been 1990. He, you know, he was near the end of his career, and he was telling me stories that happened through the eighties that involved football, alcohol, and females, uh, and they were hilarious. <laughs> and I, I, I can't remember many nights in my life, on nights out myself, sat in this room listening to these stories, absolutely crying all night. And it's a long time memory, but it's always stuck with me. And it's uh, probably sort of took some of my nerves away. It was one of my first trips away, I think. So I think they probably ruined me with him on purpose. Not, not for the hilarity, but just because he was an experienced pro, but uh, stuck with me that memory uh, all this time. Two more questions, if that's all right, Julian. Yeah, uh, fine. Baza says, uh, what was your highest moment and lowest moment in football? Uh, interestingly, both at Leicester and probably within a year. <laughs> um, so obviously the playoff final, I mean, I, I just arrived, like I say, bad debut. Uh, but the, the team really, as, as I said earlier, we really like bonded together well, went on the run. You know, the, the, even the playoff semi-finals were really tense affairs. Uh, unbelievable um, away at Stoke. What a night that was when, you know, all their fans jumped on the pitch at the end and the police had to separate us. We ended up at the away end. I don't know if anybody who's listening tonight remembers that. Neil Lennon came back with no kit on and we were all, we were all sort of stuck down the bottom end of the pitch. But then obviously that led to the playoff final and that massive highlight for myself. I'd just come from Sheffield Wednesday, been in and out of the team all season, you know, dropped down as it was into the championship and immediately got promoted straight back up. And so that felt like a, uh, a real highlight. And then obviously, you know, further on in the season in the Premier League, we're staying up. Uh, signing of Matty Elliott, who I get on great with still, and we we enjoyed playing together. But the unfortunate thing for myself at the time, it was him or me, and he, you know he was he was Martin's choice, which is you know fair enough. And what a great you know player and captain he was for the club. But because of that, obviously my games were limited that season. But I played in every round of the League Cup. Um, but unfortunately, we've we've got Middlesbrough in the final, and we played Middlesbrough at home, and I think they beat us three 0 and on that day, Janino absolutely ran riot. And murdered we, us. Yeah, absolutely murdered us. Um, ran the show. And it was a 3-0 convincing win. We get him in the final. And the gaffer's first thoughts were, how do I stop that? Uh, and he's obviously answered to that, which worked well. So, you you know, you can't fault the gaffer. is to put Pontus Carmark in there. One yeah. of the best defenders in the league. And particularly, man, Mark, and he had a really weird thing, Pontus, when he was jocking you. He would look in your eyes as well as looking at the ball, which no other defender has ever been coach to do apart from the Swedish World Cup squad and he was looking at the movement of your body and he could see which way your body shape was and which way you were going and it made him exceptional at what he did um, and, and, and it, it totally worked he really nullified uh, that aspect of, of their attack but then we went from a back three to a back four to accommodate that I was the spare man in the back three and I think you know the gaffer felt you know Spencer there's obviously Walsh was Walsh and Spencer was very quick quicker than myself and that's the combination he went for. But, you know, I didn't find out. I had an inkling, to be fair, because I'm, I'm not daft, but we didn't name the team or know the team. Um, it was named like an hour and 10 minutes before kickoff in the changing rooms. 
and it was a um, you know very somber moment for myself and Jamie Lawrence. Yeah, uh, and we quickly went up to the players' lounge, and I think we had about six pints of Guinness within about an hour. And if, <laughs> if you notice, when the, because the players' lounge right at the other end of the ground, if, if you notice, everyone watches the video as they're doing the national anthems. Me and Jamie have walked back all the way back round, back out of the tunnel, we're probably half cut, and we're actually stood behind uh, the goal because uh, we didn't get back to the um, the bench in time. But all I will say is that we were both so so disappointed. It was. Yeah. Uh, Tough one to take, and having bad times, you've had bad performances, bad results. I've got relegated, but that was a, a, a real tough one. I would have obviously loved to have been, you know, involved in that, and then, and then obviously the replay at Hillsborough, which is where I just come from. So that would have been yeah. doubly right. Yeah. But yeah, but, you know, tough to take, but it's football. Um, that you know, my, my best sort of times were at Leicester, so you, you've got to take the rough with a smooth. Absolutely. J- just a brief one. Chappers asks. What? Just keep it brief. But what what do you reckon to VAR, Julian? Are you uh, glad it is it good? Uh, it, it can is it just be just not right. It, it's not right. Uh, I think there's a lot of people been saying it, and they're doing it abroad. They do it in the Bundesliga. For me, the referee on the pitch is the man in charge of the game. So why he can't go to the camera and and have a look at the replay, however many times he wants to, and then see if he feels he's made the right decision, and then he's the man who's to be stood up and counted at the end. So. If he thinks he's made the right decision and we all think it's wrong afterwards, that's something for him to live with and answer to. But he should be the man. In, he's the man in charge on the pitch. How we can sort of subcontract that decision out to someone in a studio, I really, really don't know. Not as qualified. They're not seeing the pace of the game for what it is because they're not stood on the pitch. The, the ref's seen a decision. He makes the call. Yeah, so the call for the VAR. Go and back your call up. Going back, you you know, and then, or if not, be the big man and, and say, you know, I made a bit of a mistake. But things happen so fast and, you know, the way people are diving these days and how clever they are with it and how quick the game is. So difficult for referees because that's something else I would get onto with VAR. I would I would go back and find players and ban them for the, for cheating uh, yes. because it, it, can, it can be stamped out if we want to stamp it out. I just don't think they want to stamp it out enough because it would cause a bit too much hassle with, the you know, your bigger clubs and your stars. Jamie, have you got any final questions for Julian? Well, there is one. You know, you were at Chef Wednesday before you yeah. came to Leicester. Did you ever play with our old manager, Nigel Pearson? Was there a time yes. you were there together? I made my debut with him. Um, All right. Yeah, Nigel. I mean, it was really, I was lucky at the time. There was Nigel Pearson. I mean, lucky and unlucky. I was brought up in the right environment. Nigel Pearson, Peter Shirley, and then Viv Anderson, who was fantastic to me yeah. as a, you know, a mentor, yeah. what you like. But Pearson was exactly the same. I made my debut for Wednesday in the like the UA for the same as the Madrid game against uh, Sporo Luxembourg because we beat them, I think, 8-0 at home. Uh, so I played alongside him there and I played alongside him in other games. Cracking captain. Uh, we had a great trip to South Africa once, which was uh, mid-season. I don't know why we went there mid-season for six days. It probably wasn't ideal as preparation, but deaf things we did like that at the time. Uh, spent a lot of time. He was rooming with Nigel Jemson. I was rooming with Chris Waddle. We spent a lot of time together, obviously, uh, having a couple of beers and what have you, but he's a really funny bloke, really genuine guy. And I sort of felt for him that after he left and then the team went on and won the league, I mean, the team that that he left was the form team of the yeah. Premier League in the last 10 yeah. or 15 games of that season. And I'd, I'm not sure if anyone outside, maybe Leicester City fans, would give him that recognition. Or I know, I know it's been mentioned, but it's never yeah. been fan-fared that he really put something together there. That, that oh, it was, was definitely his bonus. team. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think Claudio I, came in and did great, and he would have made a few, he would have done things a few a little bit differently. That's fine. But I think for me, Nigel deserves a massive amount of credit for uh, for what he did. I think Julian, most Leicester fans would say, if we didn't, if Nigel Pearson hadn't done what he'd done, we wouldn't have won the league. And if Claudio hadn't done what he'd done, I, if Nigel had stayed, we probably wouldn't have won the league. There was something where, so, yeah, the, he Nigel built it and. Claudio just got it over the line. It was almost like, and was, I think Leicester fans do give credit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the greatest handover of all time, isn't it? Because you know managers <laughs> go out not doing well, but he's not, and he's handed it over, and he's Claudio's made it a little bit better, and, uh, and and what a fantastic season it was for the club. Julian, I guess a final question because we've got to let you go. What what are you up to nowadays? What's life like after football? Is it? <laughs> am I right in saying it's something to do with mortgages? It is, yeah. It's been difficult. I've done quite a few things, if I'm honest with you, but uh, I qualified a few years ago, which was a strange one. I was the oldest one in the classroom, apart from the tutor, but I did my CMAPs uh, and I'm now a mortgage and protection advisor working for a firm. We do all the um, investments and um, you know, and all that other, all the other pensions and stuff like that. So, uh, Do you yeah. still get a chance to watch much football? alive i do I, I sort of i dabbled with non-league but very very low down i'm talking if you if premier league's one i'm talking like step 10 a little bit of money involved uh, really enjoyed it did well in spells and i was hoping that i could just if i could just get up a couple of leagues that it might become something never quite did so probably you know too late for me now if, if i'm honest um i'd probably rather go and watch local non-league um i live not far from workshop town um, because I find it more honest and I can stand at the side of the pitch with my beer in my plastic cup and, and things like that. I mean, I mean, my lad plays for Works Up Tad, he's, he's 12 years old, so a lot of the dads go and it's it's nice, good um, social day out. So um, obviously I've got Sky and I watch that. And it, funnily enough, of all the clubs I've played for, I'm a Sheffield lad, but I do feel that affinity more to to Leicester than I do most clubs, if I'm honest. And what I feel about the, 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 the side that won the Premier League and our side is it was nice to be at the club, a good period oh, yeah. in its history yeah and i felt like i was yeah, yeah. there at that good time and i think that's why it's got a bit of a good feel fact good factor to me still in touch with muzzy and Matt, matty elliot and stevie walsh and one or two others and going to pop down for a beer with them all at the end of the season but just to be at the club at the Whenever time that, that i was there yeah i know yeah but just to be at the club at the time that i was there just it feels nice and i was involved in the veterans so i had a new, an operation that i can't play anymore yeah. uh, you know a few months ago but like, it's like you still felt a bit involved with it. And then they went and did what they did in, in 16. And you just think that's us all over again, but obviously, you know, a hundred times better. But you can well, see that. You can see that yeah, buzz yeah. around oh, the yeah. club, though. The buzz around the club, you know, at the moment. And, you know, um, everything that's happened in the last few years. Yeah, but I know for us, you know, it was the first trophy for a while and we maintained the Premier League status as Martin was there. And I know that was a great achievement. But like I say, just that, there's just those nice periods. And to be involved in that was fantastic. Brilliant. All right. Julian, I'm going to say th that has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. We, I know we could, Cheers, literally, we could literally talk for another hour with you. So <laughs> hopefully, absolutely. I, I mean, I know you've I got nothing. I so much tonight. <laughs> I know. And I know, Julian, you've got nothing better to do. So if you've still got nothing to better to do in a few weeks' time, perhaps I'll you'll come back on again. Yeah, drop me a line, boys, anytime. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks again from all the Cheers, fans. Julian. Thank Both you. Great comments. Cheers, thanks. Cheers, Julian. So, well, Jamie, well done for organising that. Cracking, cracking interview that was. A bit of old school football. What more do you want on a Monday night when there's nothing else to talk about? Well, yeah, old if, school uh, football. 
ex-Leicester players who've got nothing better to do in their life will go for some I more, know. maybe. I mean, old school, that's right up your mind street, isn't it? That's perfect for us two. I can just about remember those days, Jamie. Oh! <laughs> Listen, nice. Thank, thanks very much, Jamie, for sorting that out for us. You're welcome. Not a we'll problem. See, we'll see you next Sunday. And you get, yeah, get finding us another player for next week. I'm doing, I'm doing sort of uh, a quiz on Sunday. So sort everyone come and watch me quiz. It's sort a, pub. a quiz. Only a quick quiz. Fox's Arms, quiz. Fox's Arms pub, pub quiz. quiz. Sunday yeah, morning. The Fo- Fox's Arms pub quiz. That's perfect time Jamie, for this week. I actually think you should do that on a, th- on a Friday night live so we can all grab a beer and do it with you. But there you go. I'm putting you on the spot with we that. We could do. We, we could, could, we could have one in Sunday morning, couldn't you? <laughs> what, stay, still on the pop on a Sunday morning? Some, <laughs> some fans would be like that. There'd be a few. I think we know a couple like that as well. Well, yes. Uh, Joanna says, brilliant, more Leicester legends, please. We'll certainly I'm try trying. and I'm sort trying. that out. Simon says, great stuff. Um, I shouldn't put those words on there from Scooby Buzz, but thanks for that. Yeah, but it's uh, a compliment, though, isn't it? It's it a compliment. Is. And uh, I just want to point, I just want to say as well, can we say a big hello? I don't know if Alan Young, Youngie, is still watching, but... Um, he was, I, wasn't he? I did see Youngie was watching and I hope Youngie is doing well. I know, obviously, we used to do stuff with Youngie before he was uh, ill. And uh, just best wishes to you, Youngie, if you're still watching. Try and get him on if he's, if he's well enough. If, Imagine what, the if, stories about him and Lineker in the bath. If Youngie, if, you, if you're feeling well enough to come on alive, you come on because we'd love to get you on. Okay. Um, <laughs> LCFC Holland is saying, I've seen about this Wednesday. Jamie has an announcement. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. On He's... Wednesday morning, it's not it's not an April Fool. Come and join me on the Fox's Arms, Alcudia, at 9 o'clock your time. So 10 o'clock Spanish time, uh, 9 o'clock UK time on the Fox's Arms, Alcudia page on Facebook. Fantastic. We'll get that on there and obviously we'll share that. Um Chapper says we didn't do. Oh, Mr. Chappers is so good on his socials. Chappers, let us know what they are. We're too old. We forget to do things like that. Um, He's the one, isn't he? He's the young pup. Paul says you're doing a great job. Thanks for that, Paul. We're just trying to keep you entertained. Uh, Chris Ward, again, thanks for those compliments. And I think we'll leave the last comment here to Maz, who says, stay safe, everybody. We'll leave it there. Thanks, Jamie, for joining us from the Fox's Arms all the totally way out. Great. Stay safe. Stay indoors. Be good, everyone. Brilliant. Thanks, Jamie. We'll catch up with you soon and get thinking about the next player. And I'm trying. And Friday night is pub quiz night with a beer. <laughs> all right. I'll speak to you soon. See you later, all. Cheers, Good on you, Foxes. So um, that was Jamie from the Fox's Arms. That was Julian Watts. Ex-Leicester player in a Legends team, I'm going to say. That team he played in was absolutely full of Leicester City legends on there. Uh, Adam says, get Gary Lineker on here. Well, that would be nice. What's the chances of that? We never know. Uh, Scooby Baz, thank you for that. And Alex Green. Youngie, here he is. He is still watching. Yes, Youngie, we'll get you on. If you're well enough, Alan, and I hope you are doing well, please come on and have a chat with us. I'll ping you a message and see if we can get the legend that is Alan Young. We'll all remember Youngie from his playing days, from his BBC Radio Leicester commentary days, the Alley Le Bleu, Alley Le Bleu, famous recent Leicester City history. So, Youngie, it'd be great to get you on, pal. Hope so. Um, 
Thanks, everybody who's been watching. As ever, thanks to all the sponsors who, in these tough times, go and support them as best you can. Keep it local. Keep following the pals at Emergency Glazing Vehicles. Pink, Tiger Beer, uh, ADT Peters Pizzas, the Foxes Arms, Hologram Harlow, uh, Geek Life, and, of course, our pals at Bodie Hodges, which is the charity we support. My name is Phil. This is Leicester Fan Zone Show. Without you guys, we would be nothing. See you soon. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.